Mark writes, Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, for a Christian today, glory is one of the constant temptations that we have. And glory is defined as a a high renown of or honor that is won by notable achievements. Who doesn't want glory? Who wants the suffering and the cross that is to come? What do you want for your life? How do you want God to work for you? Do you want suffering and a cross or do you want glory? And the problem with wanting in this way is that it can lead to this all being about ourselves, about me, about you, what you do, what I do, our performance, our results, the quality of our works. But then all that we're doing is living under the law in sin. But as we heard in the reading from Romans, we aren't heirs of the promise. We don't receive the promise because we live by the law. No, we don't receive Jesus because 
of our works. We don't receive salvation, righteousness, and our eternal life because of anything that we do. That promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace. We're saved by grace through faith. And I empathize with Peter. That was some kind of a rebuke by Jesus. But I also find it funny that Peter tried to silence the one who silenced the religious leaders, the demons, and basically everyone else. What was he thinking? Poor, misguided Peter, who didn't even have in mind the things of God, but the things of man, who wanted not a suffering and a dying Savior, but some kind of glory story with all of its honor. And Jesus, he was extremely blunt here. He didn't beat around the bush with Peter. And don't you think that that's something that we must do as a church as well? Don't beat around the bush, but be steadfast. Hold true to what we know to be true. Now, I'm not saying that we should be insensitive, but, but if we are too scared of offending people and we try too hard to water things down and make them palatable to the unbelievers, we'll end up shooting ourselves in the foot. We can easily end up making Christianity about what we do, our good works, our love, and not about what Christ has done for you. We need to speak the truth in love. By nature, we are sinful and unclean. Sin, well, it's affected everyone. And the end result, without Jesus, of that is eternal punishment. We can't distance ourselves from that forever. And let's face it, who, without the Holy Spirit convicting them of the truth, is going to want a cross? Who's going to want a tortured, a humiliated, mutilated, and crucified Savior? Who wants that? But when we try to water down sin, guilt, or even death and hell and make it more acceptable, when we try to make the suffering servant on the bloody cross less brutal than it actually is, then we're doing the same as Peter. And we can expect that same brutal rebuke that he received from Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Peter wanted a way other than the way of suffering and the cross. He wanted a glory story. Not death. But Jesus, he sets Peter straight and maybe others as well. Hey, you might be looking for a savior who's going to give you honor. Kick out the Romans and set you up on thrones. But my way is not your way. 
You don't even know what you're asking for. You don't even know what this is all about. You have to die. All of your ideas about what's right and what's wrong, they have to die. All of your ideas about what you can achieve for me and how it can be achieved, they all have to die. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. And I take Jesus at his word. Jesus is saying nothing less than we have to die. All of our ideas about what is glorious, what is splendid and magnificent, all of our ideas about what we can do, what works we can do, our righteousness, our piety, how can we climb that ladder to God, how we can earn and merit his favor in our salvation, All of that has to die so that in the end, all that we have, all that we see is Jesus, Christ alone. In other words, Jesus tells us my way of salvation is the way of death. As your sinful nature drowns with me in baptism, I declare worthless and kill your best. Kill your best works of the law with my absolution as I strip you of all of your pride, of all of your efforts, and all of your good ideas of how I should operate. And I leave you with nothing that you can contribute by simply giving you it all through the cross. Through things like words, on paper, water in a font, and humble bread and wine. That is how the power of God is on on display for us. When it comes to receiving the promise of salvation, the honor, the righteousness, eternal life, all of the magnificent glory stories, our works, our striving, are put to death on the cross upon which everything was done for us. A gift for you. All of our efforts at repair and improvement, positive thinking, all works of the law are killed by the cross so that all we have is Jesus, Christ alone, and the new life that he gives us with new hope. As Christians, we are passive recipients. And passive is the same form of the root word as passion. It literally means the same as suffering. We suffer as our sin and our pious works get stripped away And all we have left is Jesus. All we have left 
is trust in the mercy of God displayed and given through our crucified and risen Lord. And it's then that we realize that even our good works aren't our works of the law. They're Jesus's works of grace done through us. Our lives as Christians aren't about glory. We're called to deny ourselves and take up our cross, his cross. Sure, a cross of glory would be much easier for us all to accept. And boy, we'd be comfortable with that. But as Luther said on good biblical grounds, whoever does not know God hidden in suffering does not know God at all. And it's only through suffering in the cross that sinners can see and come to know God. Friends, I understand that it's not a good feeling when God operates on us. When he convicts us of our sin and reduces our works to nothing. So all that we do have is Jesus and the cross. God has to do it all. And you are rendered totally passive. Your will is put to death so that God's will can be established in you. This Christ alone, Christ in him crucified for you is the only way. It's the only way that leads us to true glory and to true righteousness. And we can thank God that we have been set free from the works of the law, striving to perform, striving for success and glory in order to be sure of God's favor and love. It is finished Christ and his cross leave nothing else for us to do. God is present with us here and his power is on display as he works to mature our faith, stripping away our sin, our pride and our striving and thirst for glory so that it's only Jesus. Christ alone, Christ for you. Dear saints, as an heir of that promise, simply look to that promise, the cross and the crucified one, Christ alone. Repent and believe in the gospel. And may that bring you peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.